Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. Well, we finally got a great game. You're waiting for it. And the game that we've been talking about for two months on this show somehow went under the total. That is a shockingly painful uh, result for overbetters. But that's not the lead. The lead is that the Lions won their first playoff game in over 30 years, their first home playoff game in exactly 30 years, a signature moment for Jared Goff as a Lion, and the definitive game of the week weekend thus far, Pony, 24-23, Rams out, Lions get to host a divisional round playoff game. What would you make of clearly the best of the four playoff games so far? Uh, felt like it was out of a movie. Uh, that, that it's the final scene in a, in a sports movie. Every every great sports movie has the same type of story where there's this woe-begone, moribund, uh, underdog, down-on-its-luck, downtrodden situation, and somebody has to come in and turn it around and fix it. And that's Dan Campbell and his larger-than-life personality. Uh, the team feeds right into that. Uh, they take on his uh, mentality. And uh, this to come full circle, 30 years, Stafford in town to win the game by a point, to have the quarterback that you got back in the deal who originally was looked at as just a guy that was a Band-Aid or a bridge until you got a legitimate quarterback, for him to be the one that authored the win and you throw for it on second and long to get the first down to win it. He gets to exercise those demons. You got people in the crowd crying uh, as the game uh, counted down. To zero, Danny. Perfect. Uh, that that is the that is the best drama the NFL has to offer. Moments like this, uh, Lions fans have waited for so long to have even anything close to success, and they got to taste it in like the most perfect way possible tonight. So I'm going to take my hat off and tip it to them as I wear my Aaron Donald jersey because Aaron did invite me to his draft party back in the day, and I was pulling for the Rams in this game. Actually, I hit both. I had the Lions future bet that I made with you. Yeah. Plus, I had the Rams and the points. So, it was really the best of both worlds for yours truly tonight. Congratulations on all my success. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, Like I said, I I can't believe that game went under, but still have some Lions futures action in the live. But uh, the second and long call, I, I agree, deserves to be highlighted. That is straight out of the Dan Campbell aura for this team. 
putting it saying, oh, they they saved their timeout. They're going to try to pressure us to run twice to make them burn their third. No, I will trust my quarterback in that spot. And he was not good in the second half. Goff was. I mean, the Rams couldn't execute in the red zone and the Lions couldn't do anything, only scoring three points after halftime. So it felt like what was going to be a shootout early ended up being a real lemon booty situation for the Lions. And they just kind of hold on at the end. Puka Nakua is amazing. Uh, The Rams obviously still have some life as a franchise as long as Stafford uh, is healthy there, which you correctly predicted before the season. And the Lions, man, they're now very live. Like they, 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 they are very live to make it to the NFC Championship game. And we talked for a long time this year, once it became uh, a certainty, even though I said it was a certainty before the year that they were going to win the NFC North. Like, was that enough? It was just winning the division and having this great season and enough? And it clearly wasn't. Because if they would have lost this game to Stafford, it would have really left you with a bitter taste in your mouth. The fans rose to the occasion, and now they are playing with house money. They are a very, very dangerous team. They'll be favored in the divisional round of the playoffs, and we'll see what happens to the Niners, obviously against the Packers team that we'll talk about in a little bit, but assuming the Niners win and assuming they get to host the Lions, yeah, golf on the road is different, and the Niners will be a deserving favorite in that spot, but the Lions will be playing with absolutely nothing to lose and a very high-powered offense. It is officially a successful season for the Detroit Lions. It is, but if they were to lose to Tampa Bay at home, you'd look back on this year and and say to yourself what could have been. I mean, if they lose to either one of those teams, less so Philly, because Philly, for as much as they've sucked, they get their swagger back or something. You know, they've been there, done that. If if the Bucs went in there and won, it would be uh, tragic for the Lions uh, to lose to a 9-8 and team at home. But I get where you're coming from because you've you've now at least scaled one mountain and gotten one gigantic, to use another cliche, you've gotten one huge gorilla off your back here. I wrote a few things down while you were talking here. The first one was on McVay. McVay is one of the best offensive minds in the entire NFL. He's there with Shanahan. His game management is atrocious. Atrocious. And Ben Roethlisberger has talked about this. When I used to do a pod, when I used to do not a podcast, but the show with Ben, uh, Roethlisberger would go over with Arians and or Tomlin before games. Do you want me to call timeouts in the first half if the play clock's down? And do you want me to call timeouts in the second half if play clocks are going are running down? And they would usually have two different strategies and sometimes he would even be de- dependent on who they were playing, game situation, what they expected, et cetera. To burn timeouts like that uh, completely, un- you-, you take the five-yard penalty and you trust Stafford with the receivers and weapons you have. If you're going to have to throw the ball anyways, you make it, You go from third and eight to third and 13. <laughs> you just do that there because you need in a trailing situation to keep the timeouts. And he's really, for his whole career, I think he struggled with that, Danny. I don't think he's ever been a good game management coach. Well, he's, he's, he's been, somebody he's to help been him like, with that. Yeah, he's been shockingly conservative at times too. So bad with uh, bad with the timeouts, conservative. And he should have used the final timeout on the front end of the two-minute warning. Tariko was pretty generous to him. He was like, some teams will put it all on that third down, but uh, 
not not McVeigh and others won't. No, that's a pretty common use the timeout on the front end of the two-minute yep. warning because then if you force an incompletion, you get the extra timeout with the two-minute warning after the punt. So that seemed like it's a fairly standard operating procedure timeout that McVeigh did not use there. So I, I, I agree. He deserves uh, to have a little bit of egg on his face. I thought one of the other players of the game for the Lions, even though the Rams didn't punt the ball in the entire first half, Hutchinson, they're they're looking for a defense that has struggled this year that I think is 23rd in points allowed <laughs> for the guy they picked with the second pick who made the Pro Bowl to rise to the occasion in games against a very good offensive line. I thought he did that in this game, Danny. Uh, Stafford, what the hell? And and and, Ram, and the Rams in general, they couldn't get a they couldn't get a flag in this game. Yeah, the, I know the, Nakua having his jersey pulled on right. the, on the third and long. Stafford with the rough in the passer when his head snapped off the turf when he turf when he was sandwiched. You want to talk about bad. generous from Tarico? I know they brought these plays up, but I thought they needed to make a bigger deal about how a lot of these holding and pass interference and you know potentially hits to the head on Stafford when it looked like he got knocked out and his eyes rolled back. Uh, I thought they got screwed on some of these plays that with the NFL uh, and how things go offensively, like nine out of every 10 times, I think those plays get called. I, I, I agree. It was, a, it was a bad day for the officials. We have the divisional round schedule out. Uh, obviously, we don't have the the matchups, but we have the TV slots. Uh, the Texans, shockingly, will play in the early Saturday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they're in Baltimore or Kansas City is still to be determined. So that game is on ABC at 4.30 Eastern on Saturday. Packers-Niners is locked into primetime Saturday night on Fox, okay. 8.15 Eastern. The Lions will host the early game on Sunday. 2 p.m. Eastern. So winner of Bucks Eagles goes to Detroit for the early game on Sunday. And then we don't know any of the uh, matchups for the Saturday, uh, the Sunday night game, other than it is either Chiefs or Steelers at either Bills or Ravens. Gotcha. For, for Sunday night. So Sunday night, wide open. Lions host the early one Sunday. Texans, the road team, the early one Saturday. Only matchup that's 100% locked in, Packers and Niners on Saturday Night Football on Fox. One last thought on the broadcast of this game tonight. Uh, Eminem. Dude dyes his beard and dyes his hair. Does he have a barber do it? I mean, he's a guy that obviously has unbelievable credibility, street cred, riz, whatever you want to call it. Wow. Very clearly dyes his hair and, and beard now. And I just can't imagine him going to some, you know, kind of cool, hip Detroit barbershop and they're just dyeing his hair. Doesn't that he brings it into his house, buddy? Yeah. He's not going to any shop. He, I, I you don't think he likes the camaraderie of that. I think he has the camaraderie. I think he, I think he has the camaraderie in his house. I, I, I I think Eminem has as his people around him whenever he wants them to be around, and he does not go down to the the local shop. Uh, to get lined up. No, he 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 brings the barber to him. He imports. and the other thing is they kept hitting on the fact that Tariko is a Detroit guy who lives in Ann Arbor. Like, what's the old guy that they showed who's a season ticket holder? The random guy is that just a Tariko friend? Yeah, I don't know. What's the but story there. I mean, 
that I mean long time season ticket holder to see one playoff win. Now number now two. That's pretty remarkable uh for how long that guy had been around. But it was it was funny. But I I was just thinking when I saw that like he probably, he probably lives ac- he's probably a rich white guy who lives across the street from Tarico. <laughs> was what I was thinking when I when I saw that. It was great. It was celebrity, 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 89-year-old Lions fan. Yeah, like, show me a dude that's sitting upstairs and he's been in the last row of the stadium with season tickets for the last 40 years. Don't give me some guy with Jim Nance's, what are the what are those uh, quarter zips called? Yeah, the quarter zips. Yeah. Don't give me some guy that's probably worth $20 million sitting in the third row. <laughs> I love you. You're the best. They showed the tears. They showed they showed the crazy people. Then they yeah. also showed the rich Tarico guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next game. It was mortifying as a Bears fan to watch Jordan Love dominate like he did, and that is obviously a huge piece of this that we will discuss. But what do you expect the fallout to be from the latest Mike McCarthy Cowboys playoff meltdown? So just all the... Football insiders are making me feel like I've got this one pegged wrong. Uh, that McCarthy getting fired is not the surprising part of what the fallout will be from this. I mean, Jerry Jones is talking about how this is like the worst playoff loss he's ever experienced. And when a guy he's experienced a lot of them, when yes, when he gives that press conference after a game, I wouldn't at that point, I think Mike McCarthy should call a moving company and start to get his ducks in a row almost immediately. So I think his coaching career there, he's going to be the fall guy. He's the scapegoat for another calamitous playoff loss. The part I've got wrong is that everyone's saying Belichick, like it's fait accompli. I mean, all the betting houses where it's legal to bet on these things, where they post these futures with coaching have Belichick as a, as a minus 200 or better favorite to be the Cowboys next coach. And I just, I just, I, I my, I've said this. I just, I, I'm shocked that there's such a assumption that those two personalities would be able to coexist and run a football team together, and that Bill would want to go to an organization where the owner was giving press conferences after games and everything is on Front Street. Is, is Jerry Jones going to allow for Bill Belichick to do his dour, short press conferences where he just gives one or two word answers? That's the antithesis of who the Cowboys have been for the last 40 years. Well, it's not like Jason Garrett was a great soundbite. I think that Jerry is the the sizzle and Bill would be the stake. He's a celebrity. He's a Hall of Famer. And apparently they have a good relationship. So it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. And I think that the Jerry Jones of the 90s who hated that Jimmy Johnson got all of the credit, so he brought in Barry Switzer and then he blackballed Jimmy Johnson for a couple of decades. I do think he wants one more Super Bowl, you know, before he dies. And if he has to share some of the limelight to get it, he's already retained his general manager again, who nobody even knows what the guy's name is that what Will McGarry, uh, one of the best like scouts. And like every year it's like, is he going to get an interview for another job? And he's like, Nope, I'm happy here because he's just a, apparently an awesome talent evaluator who has to take none of the heat because Jerry likes to call himself the GM. So this guy gets paid a boatload of money to scout for the Cowboys, but not have to take any of the pressure and has unlimited job security. So the GM's in place. 
Jerry's the lightning rod and Belichick just comes in and coaches. But the thing is, you give up 48 points to Jordan Love, you can't promote Dan Quinn. No. Like, you're like, right. That's uh, off the table now. That's a good point by you. Like, like that, 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 that is not happening. You cannot make that argument. So I think by the time people are listening to this, there's a very good chance that, that both Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy are fired in Dallas. And they've got a real decision to make on Dak Prescott because he is expected to be and to want to be the highest paid player in the NFL. And well, have Spencer pull up his contract situation while we're going on this, the amount of money he has left the term on his contract, the, the amount he's making per year. Cause I, I want to do more on that, but I do want to circle back to, Be- to Belichick and, and Jones one more time outside of parcels, which didn't work. All he's done is hired. Yes. Men over and over again. That's all he's done guys that he can, that he can, Lord over who answer to him, who, like you said, just coach. But at the same time, if Jerry Jones, like Al Davis would do, wants a certain offensive philosophy or wants a certain game plan, I think they acquiesce to it. He's always been the most hands-on owner or one of the most hands-on owners in professional sports. You just don't, I mean, Robert Kraft made the absolute biggest decisions on things like trading Jimmy Garoppolo, keeping Tom Brady around, not trading Rob Gronkowski to the Lions, some of those things, you know, keeping Troy Brown around for an extra year, things like that. I mean, at, at the end, Kraft once in a while would use his ownership pull to keep certain players around or get rid of guys. But I, I just, Bill Belichick in his mid in his mid seventies, you're going to teach a uh, a dog new tricks. He's going to just go for it. Okay, just give me. You 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 give me the roster and I'll I'll coach him up. I, I just have a hard time believing that they might try it. I mean, it might happen, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't think that that arrangement is ultimately going to be one that. No, I don't. Good. I don't. I don't think it's going to work either. Uh, the Dak. So Dak could be out after twenty twenty four. He's got a fifty nine million dollar cap hit next year, but would be an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty five at just 32 years old. So the talk has been that this is the off season where the extension comes. I mean, this, let me, let me say, I do not, this is more devil's advocate for me than I'm used to doing because usually I'm the type of person who wants to slam coaches and quarterbacks for bad playoff performances and wants to rate and rank those over uh, what guys do. And like we, you and I have had this debate for years. Like you think there's an argument that Peyton Manning's a better quarterback than Tom Brady. We've, you and I have discussed this. Yes. And I, and I think that that's insane. Like you and I have had those types of discussions. Four, four Super Bowls with four different coaches is my argument for Peyton. Well, but also the regular, you just think he's the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. You've, you've used those exact words with me. Um, Yeah. I mean, Mahomes has, has probably passed him, but yeah. Well, if he does it for another seven or eight years, if he's on that, he's on that path. I right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. misquote you or yeah. put words in your mouth, but like, I'm a little bit surprised that you wouldn't want to pump the brakes on moving on from Dak or even McCarthy because it's just one bad game. Well, but here, no, here, here's my point though. Like, it's not, 
it, 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 it is one bad game, but it's another bad game in the postseason. And sure, you can run it back if you want, but he's only going to get more expensive. So does Dak Prescott feel to you like a guy that you'd be comfortable giving a five-year, $350 million contract to and making him a $70 million a year player for his 30s because he's going to want to raise, he's going to want the majority of it to be fully guaranteed, and he's going to want to be the highest average annual value player in the NFL because he's obviously produced at a high level this year and he's good enough to get paid. And so the most recent guy who gets paid gets that big number. Does Dak Prescott feel to you like a guy who should get 65 to $70 million per year? No, he doesn't. Um, so that's the that's the calculus. I'm not saying that you have to move on from him. I'm saying it's, it's going to be very, very difficult to build a team that can consistently be competitive around that guy making that much money with that level of talent. He's good. He produced. He proved me wrong this year. They threw the ball almost 600 times, uh, and he had an absolute... It's, it's just weird season. because I think that, like, for example, Kirk Cousins got hurt in the middle of the year. They were probably not going to make the playoffs. I bet if we polled our audience right now and asked them who's a better quarterback right now, this very second, most of them would answer Cousins. Right at this very second. Even though that guy hasn't done diddly squat in the playoffs either. But sometimes, like... Nick has made this argument, Nick right about LeBron versus Jordan. It's almost like LeBron sometimes gets punished for getting to the pl- getting to the finals and losing as opposed to a guy getting credit for not being there at all because it keeps his record clean. You know what I mean in those moments. And I, I but I'm I, not I, just doing the win losses, man. I mean, he threw two picks and he had a couple of picks that were dropped. He was he was he was not good. He was I I I'm not I, I don't I'm not here to di- I'm not here to disagree with that. But if I were running the Cowboys right now, I would like you're saying that this decision has to get made in the next three months on deck. He's an unrestricted free agent after next year. So you'd be facing a franchise tag on deck, which you can do, obviously, if you That's want what to. I would do then. That's what I would do. You know, like, like you could let him play it out and then and then franchise tag him if you want, but then it's a distraction all of next year. And it you're is. not giving you're not giving a vote of confidence to the guy who just had the best season of his career statistically. So I think he's got him over a barrel. We need to give the Packers some credit, though, man. Like, youngest offense in the league, it is unbelievable. Sometimes it's just like a media narrative creation, and you can be like, oh, he's wearing a Packers jersey, and he sat behind him. How he bounces on the ball of his feet in the pocket, how he holds the ball low and then whips it out with the quick release, the ball deception on the pump fakes – Jordan Love looks like Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers. But I, and, I, and I said that, and I thought he was doing, like, we have people in our field, in, in our line of work, who do, impre- and I don't mean, like, impressionists like Joey Molinero or somebody like that, who, by the way, I think listens to the podcast sometimes. Um, out. I'm talking about, like, people that basically steal somebody else's uh, stick or style, and they just aren't as good at it. You have local hosts that try to be Colin Coward or try to be sure. Jim Rome or whatever, 
And I thought at, at around Halloween that Jordan Love was just trying to copy Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, but wasn't any good at it. You know what, you know what I mean? Dude, he's like, the best quarterback statistically in the NFL since week 11. I know. He's no longer a small and, sample size. And, and, and you know what? I watched him. He came to Pittsburgh. The Steelers won that game. But I watched him in that game make like three or four throws where my jaw hit the floor. And if you if you go back and look, that's really – they lost that game. But that's really where his season started to turn that corner – I look like a complete imbecile on him. I, I said back in, I think, early or late September that I thought Kenny Pickett was better than him. Yes, I mean, you did. Dude, I, I just, I mean, I get crushed for it. All, like every day he has a good game or has a good moment. Because I was just not through seeing it. Before he played a single game this year, I was like, Jordan Love sucks. I was like, he sucks just because of the math, because of the odds. Like there's no way they go far Rodgers to another it's, good quarterback. It's not, not it's. A, it's not just that. We were talking about this on the podcast last year. Uh, or we, to, yeah, I think it was before Rodgers left Green Bay that they he was available to the 31 other teams uh, and like no one was willing. They were asking right. for like a third or fourth round pick and nobody wanted him, Danny. Nobody <laughs> thought he was good. It's crazy. It's And it's it's disgusting. It is, it is, it is actually disgusting that they are, they're going to go three for three. And I got one more thing for you. We don't talk about Aaron Jones enough in terms of value to a team because he's not Christian McCaffrey and like an all, you know, he had one catch today. He's not terrible out of the backfield, but he's a runner and a bruiser and a workhorse back. They are so much better when he's healthy. And a few weeks ago, I was watching a Packer game and the broadcaster said, you know, he's the best player on the team. And I kind of bristled at it. I was like, ah, you know, I got Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark and Campbell and Bakhtiari. And they might be right in terms of like pure football player. That guy is tough as hell never gets tackled for a loss, always falls forward. Just a v- incredible, like, situational runner. It's third and three, he'll get you four. It's third and goal from the two, he'll get into the end zone. Like, he, he is just very, very, very important to what they do. And because he missed some games in the middle of the year, he's real, real fresh. And their offense is a straight-up problem, man. Like, if the Niners' defense doesn't come to play, they can score. They can score. I was I was just gonna say, uh, and I and this is an idea that I stole from uh, one of my old colleagues, Mike Shope, who does afternoons in Buffalo. is one of the great local talk show hosts in America. He has said for probably fifteen years that in these situations, the team, for example, that is the number one seed, should 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 pick who they play. Yes, that it should not be a seeding thing. Yes. The 49ers should pick now of the remaining teams who they want to play next week. And I think if they were given that option, they would 100% take the team who wins the Bucks Eagles game over the Packers. Would you nope. agree with me on that? 100%. And and I listen, I agree with that. I didn't know that Shoba said that, but that I I've said it before too. Um he's older than me, so he probably said it first. But it also would guarantee that every single matchup 
had an extra layer. I know. Dude, of, that's the like, other thing I love pick, about it. Pick up basketball trash talk. Oh, you want us? Like you chose us. You think we're the easy out? Like every, every single matchup would have that that extra element to it. I agree. It's a great idea. Great idea. Uh, we got a lot more to get into, including the Chiefs as contenders and CJ Stroud's breakout moment. Give us a five star rating, please. Tell a friend. First and Pod back after this. All right, keeping it going on first and pod, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. We appreciate you. Tweet us your five-star reviews, screenshots of them, and we'll retweet them at Danny Parkins, at The Pony Express. Uh, It's kind of crazy, but I think that the Chiefs deserve to be the fourth team in the rundown today because of what C.J. Stroud did against the Browns, man. Like, there's so much that's impressive about it, but I'll just throw a few things at you. He is the youngest quarterback ever to win a playoff game, younger than Mike Vick. He tied the record with three passing touchdowns for most passing touchdowns by a rookie in a playoff game. Him and D'Amico Ryans, only the third ever rookie coach, rookie quarterback duo to win a playoff game. And this is my personal favorite. He is the highest drafted player to ever win a playoff game. Mark Sanchez was the fifth overall pick who won a playoff game as a rookie. C.J. Stroud, obviously, the second overall pick. So what are the other rookie coach? uh, Is it Harbaugh, Flacco, and Ryan Sanchez? Are those the two? Yep, exactly. And good job by you. Uh, And he is – the Browns were the number one passing defense in the league heading into the game, and it took him 21 pass attempts. He completed 16 of them, threw for over 270 yards, with three touchdowns, they had a 35-0 to scoring run in that game. And I know people are like, it's a team game. It's not just the quarterback. I get it. But he's going to get Bobby Sloak a head coaching job. He could win D'Amico Ryan's Coach of the Year. He got himself Offensive Player of the Year. He won a playoff game. Deshaun Watson was in the building, and there's not a single Texans fan who is regretting the fact that that guy is on the other team. And they're set up for the next decade with an absolute stud. It is one of the great, great rookie quarterback accomplishments in the history of the NFL. It's on the very shortest of lists. Uh, Did you ever watch the Queen's Gambit on Netflix? No, I didn't get into it. It, it's, it's It's only like seven shows, Danny. It doesn't take. Yeah, I know, but I know. You can binge it in a day. Period piece, chess, et cetera. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you sound like that's something that uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo always does. He names like three things. Yeah. 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 Like Ted Williams, 400 batting average, World War II, frozen head. You know, like he just throws things out there. I just say Um, what I know about Queen's Gambit. Yes. Yes. Uh, So I thought it was a very good show. Not the point, or is there a point? No, there is a point. The point is, like, this girl was just such a prodigy that, like, at every step of her life to become, like, the world champion, somebody who she came across, so she had to either beat or befriend or whatever, would just, like, stop and marvel at just what a savant and genius level talent she had. And I just, I gawked that entire game at him. It was amazing. it, It was just me on my couch, like... And I tweeted this, and I know we got into an argument about this a couple of months ago. 
If I were drafting the entire NFL, I would use my first pick on him. If every single player were available, I would take him first. Inheriting the contract? I I don't care. I mean, even if, well, yeah, I mean, money is part of it, but. But I mean, you you, you would draft him over Mahomes? Because of his age. Yes. Eh, I can't can't go there with you. Personally, I mean, Mahomes isn't old, man. He's, He's got another decade left. And he's got. I mean, would you draft Wembenyana over Jokic or Giannis? It's the same thing for me. It's the same. It's the same principle. You can be a great Super Bowl quarterback into your late thirties. Fine. Yeah, and this guy can do. That's twenty years of him, Danny. It's two decades of this dude. Look at where they were at the beginning of the year, dude. I I, listen. He's he's a top five pick. I I I don't I don't hate what you're saying. I'm saying I would didn't have Tank Dell for this game. Um, I know. know, You know he's made guys like Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, who was given away by the Cowboys. Um, Noah Brown. I don't think he played, but he's a guy that he turned into a useful wide receiver. Montgomery was was the Bills. Another guy that was a recycled player. I mean, outside of like Laramie Tunsil and the top picks they've invested, even their offensive line has been banged up all year. I mean, there, there are just so many barriers or obstacles that should have prevented. He got hurt. So many things that should have prevented C.J. Stroud from having this season. And at, at every turn, you know, he's he's answered the bell. I'm going to say it right now. I think there's a very good chance I'll pick them to win the Super Bowl next year, depending on what happens, because they have the cap space on top of getting the coach right and getting the quarterback right to make their team a lot better. And dudes are going to want to play with this guy, Danny. That's well, the other don't thing. They have, I know they traded the pick for Will Anderson, but they, they have Cleveland's first. They round. have Cleveland's pick, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, I think they have, they have an extra, they, they have Cleveland's first round pick and Cleveland's third round pick this year. So even though they gave up their own draft capital to get Will Anderson, who looks very good, uh, they, they are going to be adding a first round talent to this team. Yeah. It's, I don't know what superlative you can put on it, man. It, he looks like an absolute superstar. The AFC is completely loaded uh, at the quarterback position, and they look like they've got the coach as the leader and the the young talent and the cap space and enough draft capital. And is it out of – I mean, we'll do the preview pod, obviously, later in the week, but he's terrifying. You know, like Lamar in the postseason, rust with how they handled week 18. Uh, It's, if he gets hot and on a heater, good offense beats good defense. Mm -hmm. It is totally in play, but no one wants to play C.J. Stroud right now. He is terrifying. That's why I was pounding the table for us to vote him for the MVP. And he won't win, but he played like an MVP this year. We saw what they looked like when Case Keenum went into the lineup. They were a totally different team. Yeah, you That's know, you're right. You're right. I mean, we, that, that, that was a good player. value loser that we placed, which is what I'm known for. We betted, <laughs> it, we, we, we betted it 95 to 1. Everybody agrees that he's one of the most valuable players in the league. It got all the way down to like 18 to 1, and it never had any shot at winning. And we get to say, yeah, but it was still a smart losing wager. A lot of bloom off the Cleveland Rose, just quickly on them. They're going to win two major awards here. 
and maybe three if you think that Flacco can still beat DeMar Hamlin for comeback player of the year. They're going to win defensive player of the year with Garrett and coach of the year with Stefanski. And reminds me of like college football, like when a guy wins the Heisman Trophy and then he plays the national championship game and gets skunked. Like I remember Eric Crouch said that at Nebraska and Miami beat him by like 50 points. It's like, oh my God, this is the MVP. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, that's what it felt like watching that defense with Garrett, 45 points, get completely annihilated on the road. And then Stefanski, I thought coaches, uh, I thought they coached circles around him in that game as well. Yeah, they ran into the buzzsaw. Uh, we will get to the Chiefs and a very weird accomplishment in this game. More first and pod after this. All right, back in on first and pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Mike Tirico called it a monumentous achievement in broadcasting or a historic achievement in broadcasting. Uh, the most streamed event ever. Chiefs Dolphins, they're claiming north of 20 million people watched Chiefs and Dolphins. How's your Peacock experience? See, I pay the five bucks or whatever it is for Peacock. So do I. You know, that's never been I might even it might even be included in like my internet um thing. Yeah. So it's not it wasn't something that I was there was no uh, gnashing of teeth that was done by me going into this game. I, I've got I've got every one of these apps. The thing I'm getting pissed off about on these apps lately is when they, they now will have movies or shows that I want to watch that are on the app, and now they're trying to get me to pay extra for those too. Do you have that problem? <laughs> yeah, it's four ninety nine, and it's not even the HD version of it. I'm like, get the hell out of here! This, yeah, that, that's happening on Amazon Prime and um and 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 Peacock to me sometimes. But yeah, I watched it, had no problem with it. I thought the number would be lower because the game in the second half was uh, non-competitive, was a blowout. Um, so I don't know I mean, how listen, they. If, if twenty-three million people actually watch that thing, I mean, just get just get used to it. We'll we'll, we'll have two streaming playoff games. Amazon will get a streaming game. I disagree with that. How? Because because I think that they're going to run it. I I think with the with ant with the antitrust uh, deal that they've got with right. The government, I think the more games they put behind a paywall or put on a subscription-based thing, they're going to invite grandstanding politicians to stick their nose in and get involved in this, and I don't think the NFL wants that. I think they feel like they can get away with one. I honestly don't think they can get away with two. I don't know. I mean, listen, they have lobbyists. They'll take it, whatever the line is, they will take it right up to it. Yeah, I think this is it. Putting a playoff game on a on a subscription based thing I think is the line maybe uh do you look at the Chiefs as Super Bowl contenders when you saw how they drove right down the field on the Dolphins and their defense held them to seven points I know conditions played a huge part of it and Tua was throwing ducks out there but that coach that defense that quarterback that lopsided of a result are you back to believing that they can win this thing I really don't yet because one of these games or maybe two of them are going to be on the road and we just don't know what that looks like yet. We've never seen it before. So if it happens this week in Buffalo or it, ha- it happens in two weeks in Baltimore, uh, that's going to be the real test. It's not like I think overall they're the type of team this year that has shown me that they're built to win uh, those types of games yet. Um, 
I think Rasheed Rice and the way that he's come on is a big deal for them. I think that's a massive development. Pacheco looks great. Uh, offensive line run blocking really well. Uh, Kelsey looks old as dirt to me, though, man. I think he looks brutal. He had those drops, and even when he catches the ball, he looks like he's running in slow motion to me, like he's got a piano tied on his back. So, I don't know, Danny. I don't think that they look like a Super Bowl contender yet. If anything, the Dolphins, to me, it's we ask these questions all the time. More about the team that won or more about the team that lost. To me, it was more about the team that lost. What a fraudulent outfit the Dolphins are. They went 0-6 against teams in the playoffs that weren't named Dallas Cowboys this year. Yeah, and they didn't and they didn't score more than 21 points against any of them either uh, when they actually played the good team. And you could see it from the second Tua came out of the tunnel. He did yep. not want to be there, man. That's he why wanted I was no just, part of that game. Dude, that's what I was just going to say. Is he AFC Jared Goff? Like, everything needs to be perfect. Home road splits. You worry about cold weather. Like, they're always going to – because, dude – I, it was very clear that the Chiefs came out, throw, 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 right? First three plays of the game, and they converted to third and 10. Yep. And you got a fist pump from Mahomes on the third and 10. On the fir- first quarter of the game, third throw completion, because he airmailed the first two. And then they clearly came out and said, our guy can throw in this weather, and we're going to throw. This is not just going to be a Pacheco game, even though he played well. Like, we we are not afraid of this. We can handle it. And then when Tua had to throw, he couldn't do anything down the field. Tyreek beat one guy one time, and that was it. Everything else was dinking and dunking, and if he had to drive the ball down the field, it was it was horrible, and it was obvious to anybody with an untrained eye that he didn't have the arm strength for it. I don't mind Miami wanting to come out and run the ball on Kansas City because – They've got the personnel to do it. It's just, it it didn't seem like they were sold on it. It didn't seem like they were committed to it. It didn't seem like they believed in it. There was nothing about them that made me feel like they welcomed the adversity that was the, the, the weather for that game. Um, And look, I think it's, I think it starts with the quarterback there. I mean, it's, it's really kind of strange because Tua talks a lot. He uses a lot of these war metaphors. Obviously, his background, he was coached uh, tough by his dad. He played for Nick Saban. Like, you would think that he would relish situations like that, but I didn't think he did, Danny. And I don't even think golf is even a fair comparison anymore because even the games in Miami down the stretch, the Bills game last week, I didn't think he played well in down in Miami. So no, that's, and that's true. That's and you've got perfect true. weather there. So look, I, I listened to the ESPN conversation about him this morning. I thought there were good arguments on both sides talking about what you do with him because they picked up his fifth year option and that's it. There's no long-term contract like Burrow and Herbert. And on one hand, you want to say because the guy's career almost ended last year, Hey, Tip your hat to this guy. He led the league in passing. He didn't miss a single game this year. He stayed healthy. He was one of the NFL's best quarterbacks. But on the other hand, as you've pointed out in the past, you just feel like there's a glass ceiling on this guy. Well, and you just feel like he can't overcome good. Like he's just he's stuck. He's stuck a tier two below the great quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Yeah, and I'm not at all convinced that he elevates them. We've seen when he's not there that you can do worse than him, but it's not like he makes Tyreek Hill better. Tyreek Hill makes him better. And Mike McDaniel seems to make all of them better. So I wouldn't pay him long-term yet. I think picking up the fifth-year option is totally reasonable, but that looks like it'll be a team. I mean, Tyreek Hill's prime won't last another few years, but that looks like it could be the type of operation with McDaniel as the head coach that would be very attractive for plug-and-play veteran quarterback X two or three years down the road. Like, give Tua a chance to prove you wrong, and if it costs you a few million bucks on the aggregate of the uh, contracts, fine. But he does not deserve to get paid until he proves that he can elevate everybody else around him, I don't think. But um, McDaniel seems like he's pot committed to him with the things he, that he has well, said he, about to him. He says the all the right things. You, we, you know. now, he goes above and beyond, though, Danny. He lays it on thick with Tua. He really does. He has from the start of that relationship. Well, actions, man. It's an actions league. They didn't pay him, and they picked up the fifth-year option. That is a that is a commitment, but it is not a wedding. That's a, that's a ring on the finger, but we we don't, we haven't set a wedding date <laughs> yet. You know, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna see. We're gonna do couples counseling. We're gonna you know like there. If that happens, right, and you break off the engagement, mm. what goes on with the ring? You you get it back and then you pawn it or you keep it for the next girl and you don't tell the girl that somebody else had the ring, but then the ring has to get resized because the fingers might not be the same size. You know what I'm talking about here? I, I mean, I do, not from per- firsthand experience, but yeah, I think if you don't get it back, then that tells you that you were already engaged to the wrong one. You if definitely- you, can you threaten legal action to get it back? I mean, you could threaten legal action in this country for anything, but I don't don't think you could get it back because you gave it to her technically and she's in possession of it, which I hear is nine tenths of the law. Yeah. But maybe the one tenth is the one tenth is for situations (laughs) like this. Right. Uh, Are you prepared to be mercilessly mocked on our pod tomorrow? when the Bills destroy the Steelers because you said that the Steelers were going to be really good this year and that the Bills were fraudulent, and then the Bills are going to humiliate your team and end their season? Are you prepared for that? Well, I've already predicted that the Bills are going to win the game by 20-plus now that the weather is looking better. Are you doing a show? What's happening with you? I am, yeah. We're doing a show from 1 to 4. And then I'm getting out of there. We're going out an hour early, and we're getting done early. Okay. No, I I had to do I had to stay on the air during some of the COVID makeup games that they did, and it was just it was horrible. It like it sucked. It yeah, was you can't probably, be counter programming Steelers playoff games. No, you just do play by play and hope that you don't get in trouble for it. Yeah, that's it's pretty that's, much what happens there. All right, so we are going to do a a an abbreviated episode right after. Yeah, Eagles we'll do the two Bucks. games. We'll get that's Eagles, it. Bucks. We'll get Steelers and Bills in for everybody. Okay. Thank you, Spencer Ray, our producer. Tell a friend. It's First in Pot. Peace.